Hello storygoers and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Penrod. And I'm your other co-host, Ryan Bauer. Ryan, we're actually recording this at a different time than we usually do on, Weird. on yeah. our Sundays. Yeah. And I like it. I'm surprisingly, I'm, the Sunday scaries, if you don't know the, the term, is like that the, that the dread you feel on a Sunday before work starts again. But not, and I was kind of having that a little bit today, but right now, in this moment, I don't. And I really appreciate that. So hopefully we're, <laughs> we're helping someone else be relieved of their Sunday scaries as well if they're listening yeah. to this on a Sunday, which they're not going to this Sunday because we're literally recording this at 6.24 p.m. on the East Coast. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but Ryan, how are you and what have you been up to? Or what have you been playing? Uh, I'm <laughs> sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Again, weird time. We're just gonna have some, some, yeah. some, some working it out. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Um, it is kind of strange to record at the end of my Sunday, like where I've everything is already done, and it's not like I'm thinking about all the things I still have to do. I think that's a fun and interesting, mm-hmm. different, different uh, um, time. But overall, I'm doing pretty good. Um, uh, work has been kind of up and down, which is you know what I mean. You take give and take. Um, but overall I've, I've been doing well. Um, I'm feeling healthy. Um, the weather's warming up. It is a muddy mess in my backyard, but that's okay. Um, but overall I'm doing good. Um, as far as what I'm playing, kind of the same things that I've been playing. Um, the past, probably last time we talked, it's probably exactly the same. Um, with maybe the addition of (laughs) one thing I played this morning for a bunch of hours because I was craving a certain type of experience. Um, but playing Mm. Destiny 2, which has been really fun, um... Checking out all the new Witch Queen stuff, um, the new subclass, which is very fun. The new weapons, the weapon crafting is really fun. You can like oh, make cool. specific weapons with really good rolls instead of constantly trying to you know do an event over and over again to get a certain type of weapon. So that's wow. really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. So um, there's still a little bit of grind, but it's still it's still very fun. Um, so that's been really fun doing new activities and Destiny. Is something that like. Again, and I've said this before, I just kind of dip in and out throughout the week. I have, like, certain things on there I do. I do I, I'm to a really good place now mentally where I don't, like, stress out if I don't get too much done or if I don't accomplish all the things I want to accomplish, um, which is good. I feel good about that. We're mm-hmm. like, eh, you know what? I'll do some Gambit or I'll do Iron Banners this week. I'll play some Iron Banner. That'll be fun. Um, so that's been good. <laughs> uh, me and our friend Dave have been playing Grounded, which is a very fun survival game where you're tiny and in a yard. We just took on, they have these like dungeons that are effectively labs. Each dungeon is in a different biome. Um, So like we did one dungeon that was in like effectively a hedge, but it was like a jungle because you're like, Mm -hmm. you know, tiny. So there's like giant spiders everywhere and you're like climbing up these vines and these, there's like a giant um, frisbee. It's, It's really cool. We just did this like underwater area which was really scary and there's like water spiders and there's a giant it's it's in the the water lab is in a koi fish pond and there the koi fish is so giant and so terrifying and makes these like really deep spooky sounds that you just hear and then you just bolt because it's so scary it's so cool the perspective of it but it's it's very fun (laughs) um and then we were just doing some building um building up our, our little our little compound so that was really fun and actually we've been talking as we've been playing how much we miss raft I want to go back and play Raft, um, which is a game <gasps> we've played. I played Raft um, with you guys. Yeah, yeah. we want to. We want to. We want to play Raft <laughs> because this 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 game is very fun. Um, but I think we're we're wanting to go play Raft again soon. So we'll have to. We'll have to. We would love to have you join us when we go back into that adventure. Please. Um, because it, yeah. Um, I love that. And this morning I played a little bit of Satisfactory because I've been craving like 
the thing I love most about Grounded is like you get to build like a base and you get to get cool stuff and Satisfactory is more of that. So I was kind of playing more of that this morning on my own um, because mm-hmm. uh, I wanted more of the survival building stuff experience. And then Satisfactory also has like factorial mechanics where you build like I build an iron mine that turns it into iron and then my iron gets turned into three or four different other things. It's it's, it's a whole thing, but it's it's very fun. And wow. it's, a, it's games where I des- you design systems or something I really enjoy. Um, it sounds very satisfying yes it is it is um there's been a bunch of new updates where you get like automated cars that drive to your different depots and stuff it's a whole thing but it's very oh that's that's wild yeah it's cool but yeah overall i've been playing bits and bobs mostly destiny grounded satisfactory um here and there when i can but that's that's kind of about it but eric Mm -hmm. how are you what have you been playing i'm good i got a new job which i'm Woo! pretty excited about Woo, finally yeah we'll see how it goes i i am someone who and i feel like a lot of people might identify with this uh despises change though i know it's good for me right i know when, cha- when change is good like i know i have to follow through and 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 do it for myself but it's really hard because i my, my brain goes into we need to rationalize my current bad situation so i don't have to change you know so then i start seeing all the positives which are not positives. You know, if they're positives, they would have been easier to find rather than me, like, <laughs> hyper-focusing to rationalize bad things. So, um, but yes, yeah, so I've got a new job. I start in a uh, little less than three weeks. So, and I did not know in a salaried position, you got to get four weeks notice. Never knew that. That's an adult. Whoa, I never, that's, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea about that either. Yep. So that was an experience. But <laughs> so for anyone out there who's salaried and, lo- and wanting to leave their job, you'll have to give four weeks notice. Just a heads up. At least in the social work field. I don't know about anyone else. But um, but besides that, I'm doing really well. Uh, it's getting nicer out. I'm really excited for some warm weather. Um, even though we didn't get to go snowshoeing, which I hope we do. It's supposed to, it's supposed to snow on Thursday. At least, yeah. in the, at least in Maine, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, there's always more snow in Maine. <laughs> there's always more snow. <laughs> we got next winter. Yeah. Yeah. Yay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but in terms of games I've been playing, I've been playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'm still like trying to find the hook to that game. I'm really trying hard, and I just I I'm gonna keep trying. But we'll see. <laughs> um, just not. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm missing something that other people have found. I'm just not as hooked in it as I feel like a lot of people are, um, which is normal. It happens. Um, also been playing. It takes two with my girlfriend, and we are. I think we're close to the end. Um, for for I we we did a water level that we did not like. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we did a. It was, it was okay for a while until the water came in. It was, it was an icy level and then turned water. Now we're, in a, we're, we're kind of in a jungly area to be very vague about it. And I think I'm enjoying that a lot more. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, but we really just want to beat the game at this point. Like we're kind of just over it and we want to beat the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also I've been playing, I haven't put this down, but I've been playing um, the new Mario Kart oh, 8 yeah. courses and they're phenomenal. They are really good. The only negative about it, which is a huge downer, is that Choco Mountain from the N64, which is the one I was most excited for, is not the exact same as it was in the N64. Like, so, like for these modern, for these old courses that have been modernized, a lot of them like get like kind of touch-ups, so they're kind of more, they're better than they than they were. Yeah, Choco Mountain is radically different than it was in the N64, um, which is a little bit of a, of a downer for me. But besides that, everything else is fantastic. My, my girlfriend and I have been having a really good time playing it, um, and. To, to round it off, I have fully jumped back into two games I was not expecting to jump into, which is kind of 
ironic because they're having this sort of episode that we'll describe in a, in a second but i've jumped back into mario 64 f- just phenomenal game literally cannot get over how great mario 64 is like it just it brings i think everybody has that certain game that brings out the sense of childhood happiness and mario 64 is just one of those games that just hooks me i know just what to do and it's so satisfying because it's literally years of just imprinted memory just <laughs> stamped in on my frontal cortex i feel like that's just like i know exactly what to do at every single stage and it's just so satisfying um yeah and the other one being majora's mask which if you follow us on instagram i was kind of doing yeah, a bunch of stories about and i really had a good time with it like it's just you know it's just, it gives me the sense of dread that just like nine or ten year old Eric just cannot let go of it's such a satisfying game but man that beginning of that game always freaks me out because of just childhood trauma <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can say trauma it's a little it's a little little much but you know childhood tears so yeah but anyway enough of my rambling you'll get a lot more of my rambling soon but Ryan yeah you have this fantastic idea for yeah. a new episode. This is not a bedtime story. This is when a bedtime story would be coming out. Right. But you had this amazing idea. I thought it was yeah. fantastic. I, would you do the honors, of course, for explaining to the storygoers what this this episode's all about? So what we're doing is something that we're for now we're calling Memory Card, um, which is a new project where we're going to have guests on, um, probably first friends, um, then other people we know within the podcasting community, and then maybe even hopefully someday storygoers who come on. And they talk about the games and the stories and games that they love and why they're important to them. Um, we'll have I'll have like a series of questions that I'll ask them either ahead of time or some that I'll ask as we talk. Um, and then they'll kind of share, um, you know, about why that game is special to them. So on this episode, I have Eric joining me here um, for our, our first go. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, and so the goal <laughs> is just to kind of use video games, you know, as we've so much talked about, video games are, are a storytelling medium. And um, just this is a space for us to, you know, share about that medium that we love and also learn a little more about each other and why these games resonate with us. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the idea. Um, I'm sure it'll change over time. Um, But yeah, I was it was something I wanted to give a try, give a go at. Um, We we so much focus on stories that games tell us and why those are important that I thought maybe let's um, ask some people and why those stories are important to them. That's such a good idea. I love yeah. that. I can, I can already picture all the story course. I go like, wow, this is a great idea. And then Ryan goes, our first guest is Eric. And they go, God crap. <laughs> <laughs> he already rambles. <laughs> but no, I'm excited. I yeah. done. I went head first in this. And I'm really excited. I think this is, I'm really excited because what I think this, I think, I think Tilson the Cartridge memory card, which again, phenomenal name <laughs> he came up with. I literally was like jumping for joy. And I, when you said that, I just it knew it was right. Um, I think it's what it's going to do is in the same way that telling these stories and our experiences, what we think about it connects us to other people, giving our personal stories and the resonation that they or the, the relativity it has or the connectedness it has to these certain stories. Other people will also have experienced in some different way, but in a similar sense, right? The emotions are still the same attached to them. And I think that's going to be something that really connects people. And I'm hopeful that, through my example, I think it's something that probably a lot of people have gone through in a sense. And I hope, you know, people may be going through right now or have gone through or are yet to go through. But my, my hope is that by telling my story in regards to the game I picked today, um, you'll find some kind of sense of, uh, of um, uh, shared connectedness, I guess is, a, is the only word I can think of. So I, I, I'm excited. I think this is going to be fantastic. I, I can't wait to hear more stories. So hopefully mine's a good start. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, then let's jump in with our first question, which Eric, starting off kind of generally, um, what is your story with video games in general? How 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 did they start being a part of your life and a part of both a hobby but also kind of a passion? Yeah. I mean, I've said it a little bit before in the past, I'm sure. Um, I played video games. I was born in 91, 1991, which makes you feel weird saying that out loud because I know it's <laughs> 2020. Uh, but um, I had played uh, the Super NES. I'd watched my cousin play the Super NES a lot. And um, games are always cool, but nothing I like super like loved. And that didn't change until, ironically, uh, Super Mario 64 came out. And that is the game that kind of changed everything for me. Super Mario 64 was this game that just kind of blew everything out of the water. It was so immersive and just so much of an experience that I don't think anyone in that at that time had ever really truly experienced before. Um, and it's changed everything. And ever, ever since Mario, Super Mario 64, I just became a, a Super Nintendo fanboy. Like I got an N64 and I fell in love with just a, a, so many other games that, you know, just took off like Star Fox 64. Banjo-Kazooie, Yoshi Story, Mega Man 64, Snowboard Kids, which is awesome. Um, and of course, The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Huge. Like, just all these games were just so impactful in so many ways. Um, but the one I, I want to pick today that is in the same kind of vein as all these other ones um, is my favorite game of all time. I've talked about it before, so hopefully people don't like, uh, when they say this. But uh, my, the game I picked today is The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Because it's probably the game that's been most influential in my entire life. Yeah, I, and and I, I mean, when kind of part of the reason I thought of this idea was it was inspired by you. Kind of, I mean, there'd been I had a version of this idea had been bopping around my head as well as some other things, but really snapped it into place is you sharing those Instagram stories, right? Of of you reconnecting with this game that you love. Um, so I'd love to hear more about why this is the game you chose and why it's important to you. Um, and kind of how that story kind of intermixes with your own. Yeah. I So what's, what's so great about Majora's Mask is that it is such a compelling story in terms of what it shows to be accepting of something or someone, right? And so like, it's a story that has like mystery and joy and sadness and just a connection to characters in ways you never experienced before. And it was just so like, for a game that came out a year after ocarina of time was so radically different than its predecessor and, and just so different in tone and direction and characters like it, everything was just so different about majora's mask that it just totally threw me for a loop so majora's mask came out in, in the year 2000 but i don't know why i'm laughing it just feels weird to say that <laughs> and i was like nine or nine or ten years old um which ironically i was thinking about i remember when majora's mask first like I think Elite, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But leaking back in the day is sort of similar to what it is now. But like you had so much little information. Because there wasn't really... I don't remember there being gaming sites. There probably were, but I just never knew. I don't remember that. Like It would just be kind of like um, like fan sites. Like, like And then the, I remember the image of the Skull Kid wearing Majora's Mask came out and leaked. And it absolutely terrified me and intrigued me at the same time. Like nine-year-old me was just so enthralled by this idea of what this character was. It was so it was so Ocarina of Time. Like you can tell it was like it was like a character right from Ocarina of Time, but you don't know. It obviously wasn't. So like it was just such a it was just such a like a a crazy like what is this? Um so Link is the same age in the game of Majora's Mask as I was. I was ten years old, nine or ten years old, which really helped me relate to his character. I was um someone very shy, very awkward, and to 
identify and connect with Link, who is this this child who had to show all these qualities of just being a hero. Most importantly for him, and, and along with his character, based on the story. Oh, by the way, there's gonna be a lot of spoilers for this, so I apologize. I'll try not to spoil too much, but this is also came out in 2000. It's 22 years old, so <laughs> do with that what you will. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, so w- identifying with Link, right? Like courage is his biggest asset. That's like everything about Link. Like, it's tied to the story as well. Um, so kind of connecting with him in this journey of tragedy and woe against this powerful foe like the Skull Kid, um, which is so enticing for me. And I was, I, like, like I said, I was absolutely terrified. Just the cre- creepy atmosphere was just so radical for me. Like I just, it was too much. Like, um, and so I, I, interestingly enough, and this is where the story kind of gets weird, is that I love Majora's Mask ever since I was, again, nine or 10 years old, but I had never beaten it ever until years later, which we'll get to that point. But I had never beaten that game. I'd always watched my older cousin play and beat Majora's Mask along with all the other like Ocarina of Times and, and you know, Mario and such. And I would just watch and kind of live vicariously through her playing these games. And I watched her beat Majora's Mask so many times. It was insane. Like just always beating it. And I was just constantly enthralled by it. I think what was so nice about that was I literally just had to pay attention to just the, the story being told, right? Just, I wasn't involved with like trying to beat the boss or anything like that, but just watching Link on his journey was just such a connected experience for me. Um, you know, the mystery, the action, and the ending was what I thought perfect, right? It was an ending that I didn't even hate as a kid, and I still love to this day as an adult. Um, it was the first story I felt like in my childhood that didn't really hold my hand to explain everything to me. And that was one of the biggest assets is how mysterious it was. You had to put these pieces together, or you just didn't know, and that was okay. That's how it had to be. Um, so anyway, at the time, I was growing up admiring Majora's Mask. It was my favorite game. It's always been my favorite game, but I'd never beaten it. You know, and that was the thing I felt kind of shameful about, right? Um, so, and the reason why I didn't beat it is because it's just so daunting to me. The idea of it was just so daunting to me. I was, I was always terrified of it, though I loved it, which is a weird feeling, right? But I just couldn't, I just, the idea of beating Majora's Mask was just so much to me. And I just didn't think I could actually do it. Um, so it wasn't until so many years later, as a junior in college, that Majora's Mask really Majora's Mask really like come back around and become a huge influence again in my life for just so many different reasons. Um, I think this is where people might connect with me on this. So uh, in my junior year, I was still awkward and shy. Uh, I had courage, I felt like, but never in the aspects I really wanted to be. Like talking to people, that was so hard for me, which is ironic because I'm a literal therapist now, but whatever. <laughs> um, I'd always struggle with it, right? But in my junior year, I met someone that I was romantically interested in. Like someone that seemed really interesting. She seemed to like me. Um, uh, and we had met in a really short time period. So I felt like there was some kind of connection there. So to save you from the, the embarrassing and, and kind of boring details of this story, right? I invited her to my apartment. I made a really nice Italian dinner. It was nice, by the way. I just want to say that. Like, <laughs> sure I was. really went all yeah. out. I really went all out. I made, I made homemade garlic bread. I wow. went to the store and I went, so I'm a poor college student, by the way, at, the, like, at this point in my life. I'm still poor, but at the time I was a college student. So <laughs> that was a bad joke. But uh, <laughs> I actually bought this like this candle, um, just trying to find anything like candle related at a supermarket. And it was like, it was like a Jesus candle, like <laughs> <laughs> tall candles. And I was like, this is interesting. I've never seen this before. But I, I was like, 
let's go for it. So yeah. that probably didn't help my case. No, n- nothing against religion, but just like probably like super awkward that I just put us in the middle of a of a dinner, or whatever. <laughs> Long story short, we have this this dinner date. It doesn't go well, and she's and she's like, I'm not interested. Well, it went okay. But she told me at the end, I'm not interested, right? Which is totally okay that she has every right to say that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, this is a huge blow. My self esteem was already at a huge low, and it felt very negative in my mindset of like, what is wrong with me? And am I not good enough? Why am I not good enough for seemingly anybody, right? It just felt like this constant blow as to like, why am I not good enough? So at this point, at this, the end of this dinner date, full, full openness, crying at my table, feeling like super down, right? Kind of hitting this like rock bottom, so to speak. And, uh, as my, 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 my desire was to connect with someone to get into a relationship. Right. And I was, I was wallowing in all this like sadness and anger and like denial that I'm I'm this you know loser. When I realized something, and it's that I just didn't really like myself very much, like at all. I didn't really like myself, and that I was seeking these relationships to find someone to make me feel important and to feel validated, and I, I didn't feel like a whole person. Like I just I didn't feel like I was who I wanted to be. And I didn't really like myself. And I was hoping to find someone who would like me to see this ideal version of me that I could work towards to become. But as I've learned in life, especially in this moment, that's not how things work, right? So you're probably thinking to yourself, wow, Eric's talking a lot. Where's Majora's Mask come back into this? Well, here we go. This is how it connects. So at this point, you know, I'm, I'm just done thinking about relationships and love. Like I just, I was over it. And I finally realized that this, this whole aspect of not liking myself um, and the influence that had over the influence it had over me wasn't okay. So I focused on how I could learn to love myself. It was at this point in time, I think it was like 2013 maybe, um, that the like the crazy wild Majora's Mask theory had come out on YouTube by um, the Game Theory channel that focused on the idea that Link is dead throughout the whole series of Majora's Mask, which I, I don't personally believe, but it's a really interesting theory. What's really interesting about this theory about Majora's Mask is that it involves the five stages of grief, right? So there's denial, anger, bargaining, sadness, and then acceptance. And this model is based on psychologist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Um, the Kubler-Ross model of the five stages of grief is something that's been out for a long time. It's very much a controversial uh, theory originally thought that you have to go through all five stages to properly go through grief, which a lot of people refuted and, and, and kind of argued against until Elizabeth Kubler-Ross came out and said, no, 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 you kind of just like, you know, you do whatever stages you need to, to get to acceptance, right? You can do denial or in sadness, you can do bargaining and anger and get through to find acceptance. So it kind of like gives you that flexibility because not everyone goes through those stages to find acceptance. So anyway, this idea came out and it was just radical. It kind of changed everything in my perception of Majora's Mask, a game that had been out for thir- 13 years. And no one had ever thought of this until, which is crazy. I mean, maybe people did, but it didn't really come to light until this time. So back to me again. It was also at this time that I didn't really have a whole lot of view games. Like I was a poor college kid, right? Uh, what I did have though, was I brought my old N64 the console, along with all the games I owned, right? Mario Kart was a huge game that my friends and I played in college. Like, it was a great time. Um, one of those games I brought, though, was Majora's Mask. And I decided that I had enough of always feeling like I couldn't beat Majora's Mask. And that it was this daunting thing I would never be able to, to beat. 
and I decided it was time to it was time to beat it, right? The fear and the anxiousness Majora's Mask gave me as a kid, I remember it crept back up, right? Playing that game again, it kind of brings that like anxious feelings to me again. Um, and it was this like kind of reminder of my past self and what I was had experienced. But working through Majora's Mask, and the game isn't easy. I think the game has a lot of frustrating parts. It, the, there's a race, Ryan, you have to be, you know the Goron, the giant rock guys yeah. that like yeah, roll yeah. and everything like that? You could tr- you have to do a race and it's just frustrating. <laughs> it's like <literally laughs> the worst part. It's like unanimously thought it's the worst part of the game. Um, but, uh, you know, working through Majora's Mask was such a fun process because it, I, you know, going across the world of Termina as Link while continuing to focus on myself and the real world, you know, helped me to find my own happiness rather than look to others for it. So by the end of this game, yes, of course I had the first Jay's mask. No duh. Like, I, yeah, you have to get the first Jay's mask, which is the best mask in the game. Um, I beat Majora's mask in the last day of my junior year. And I felt this sense of pride for myself that 10 year old me wish he had felt, you know, like it was just like, is this full, full circle moment that was pretty radical for me. And just felt so good. And from there, it just, I just, I had this sense of, it's not like, I'm not saying like Majora's mask changed my life. It was just a part of it. Right. But like, it helped me to kind of feel like I had accomplished, accomplished something that I always wanted to accomplish for myself. Um, and this journey of self-reflectance and, and finding myself in a sense. Yeah. And what, uh, this actually isn't a question I posed, but as you were talking about this, Eric, I kind of thought about this, that like, um, you're a person who, when I think about, you know, the games they play, Majora Mask, of course, is one of them. But you're also a person who, you know, even though you, you know, have, have expressed on yourself that you're, you're kind of, you know, you get scared really easily. You're someone who I know who mm-hmm. really loves horror games. Do you think there's a connection there with like, <laughs> you overcoming, but like you overcoming this experience of yeah. Majora's Mask and feeling really empowered by that, that you're wanting that again. And that's why you, you play like Dead Space and you play like these games that are really scary because you you want to have that you want to show you have that courage right to overcome when something is scary to overcome when when something is terrifying do you think there's any kind of connection there or do you think that's just like is is that do those timelines line up at all like did you like play scary games before that or what is was there is there anything to that do you think that is such a good question i actually never thought of that but you're so right the ironic part so yeah the timelines do kind of match up so dead space it came out in 2009 yeah. I tell I tell the story before. It's so funny. Yeah. I had my first kiss, and then I like rented it, and I couldn't beat it. Like it was just it was just too scary. I was too too, too much of a scaredy baby to to play it. And I didn't beat it until years later. Yeah. Um, but you know, so after after Majora's Mask, after I beat Majora's Mask my junior year of college, I had left right feeling this kind of new self, this new reflectance of self and 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 self love. And ironically enough, was the same time where I was kind of pushed to download Tinder, which is funny. Yeah, and, yeah. and have now found my my partner of eight years you know so like it was just such a wild time it really like reinforced the idea that like you really had to you have to find yourself it sounds so cliche right i hate when people say like you really have to not look when then someone kind of pops up and it just sounds so cliche but like it's true like it's really true if you're always looking for something it's gonna evade you and so kind of by like letting it come to you in a sense which sounds weird it sounds counterproductive right you shouldn't always let things come to you but in this regard like it was just kind of finding that that stuff. But so how does that relate to horror games? Um, so I've always been intrigued by horror games. I'm too much of a scaredy baby to do them. It wasn't until I found my partner after I kind of found myself. I had found my partner who all, who was a huge horror game fan or who, who, horror genre fan. Didn't ever play horror games. 
So it was this way of us connecting and kind of me pushing myself more. And I'm still a huge scaredy baby. That's <laughs> never going to change. Like, ever. Yeah. That'll never change as much as I would love it to. But it also is a way for me to be courageous and kind of face those things. So I just get way too deep into it. Like, so for example, the first big game that, that my partner and I played is uh, Until Dawn, which is a super scaredy game. But like, we, we played it and, and had an amazing time. That was in our first year of dating. And it was like such a great time to kind of connect together and, and go through this experience. And now, uh, ironically enough that I'm talking about this, um, super massive. Yeah. Super massive, they just right? announced their studio. new. Just, yeah. Just announced a new game. Yeah. The, the quarry, quarry. Which like yeah. we, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we watched the trailer for yesterday and we're down to play, you know, and I'm, <laughs> and it's, it looks terrifying. I have absolutely yeah. no doubt. I am going to have a hard time, but it does kind of coincide with this, this love of kind of the mysterious, horror-y kind of elements that I think Majora's Mask gave me as a kid. Like, yeah. there's something, something that's just alluring to that. It's weird. It's, yeah. Good connection, right? I never even thought about that. Yeah, and I mean, and, and yeah. again, like, as you were talking about, like, why you love Majora's Mask, it doesn't hold your hand. It's, like, challenging. It, these are all things that, like, me knowing you, I know these are things you appreciate in games now. And if games don't, you know, give you those things or, or you still play them but like you really appreciate this this kind of foundation that majora's mask kind of built for you in a really interesting way mm-hmm. that I, i've never really thought about um yeah it's really interesting same i didn't even think about that like that's <laughs> yeah i think i actually think there is i think there is some some fact to that like yeah. that is the first game i ever was truly truly scared of like yeah. it's yeah that's it i i have no doubt there probably is an influence there that's so that's <laughs> radical wow yeah yeah wow okay interesting and i'm sure once the new dead space comes out i will have the same i will want to play it <laughs> but i'm going to be petrified it looks yeah. so terrifying yeah we'll have to live stream that or something that'd be, that'd be, that'd be, awesome. that would be very fun. <laughs> yeah so eric as you were kind of talking about why this game was important to you and what are the things you connected with it um what are the elements in majora's mask that make it feel so meaningful i mean you've talked about a little bit how it's it's connection with you specifically but what do you think makes it something that because obviously you're not alone in in, in loving this game and this experience um there are a lot of people who really love this game um, and are really connected to this game why do you think people find this story so meaningful Man, that's such a good question i think it's different for everybody but i think the majority you know i think a lot of people probably feel this way is that the story the story of majora's mask like is the themes are like grieving, persevering, and accepting, right? Um, which is exactly, you know, spoiler alert, exactly what Link has to do after losing his best friend at the, at the end of Ocarina of Time for unknown reasons, right? So like his, his companion, Navi, who just leaves at the end of the game and we don't know why. And that's what the, I mean, it's never clarified, but like this is a direct sequel to Ocarina of Time and the whole beginning of the game is all about Link trying to find a friend who left him and and so, you know, Link having to grieve the loss of losing his friend who, who kind of left him and accept it and learn to accept it, persevere through his, his story through Majora's Mask and kind of learn that it's okay to be friends with someone and not have them by your side all the time, right? So like total spoilers at the end of the game, eventually we'll get to the story in, in Tales, but like by the end of the game, you, you realize, so like the whole point of this game is that the Skull Kid, the main antagonist, steals Majora's Mask unknowing that it's so powerful right and the mask controls him and he does this because he's so angry at his friends the four giants who created this world right and he's so angry they left him behind because they had to they had to do it they had to go into the slumber to protect the world and he didn't understand it so you know by the end of the game 
when everyone's saved, the Skull Kid's saved, and he thoughts, he thinks he has his friends back, they have to go again. They have to leave again. But he's kind of learned to accept this idea that like just because they're gone does not mean that they're not his friends. Which I think is the big lesson that Link learns at the end of this game, is that just because Navi's not there with him does not mean that they're not friends. Does not mean that she does not care about him. It just means that she had to go. And that's just how it has to be. And it's and it could be sad. It could be angry. You know, it could be angry, you know, it can induce anger and it can it can bring about sadness, it can cause you to bargain and you know and, and ask for more time. But at the end of the day, you may not get all those things. You know, those things may happen to you, you may not get the time that you want. Um, but it's really important to to grieve, to to feel those feelings as, as awful as they may feel, but they'll help you kind of lead you on a path to acceptance. So, you know, for me my, and myself, you know, the these things of grieving and perse- perse- uh, persevering and, and acceptance, um, you know, I found in myself and my story because like I had to grieve this idea of, of not wanting, being wanted by others and learning to accept that I had control and, and bring about my own happiness rather than look to others for that. In the same way that, you know, Link looked to find Navi to give him this sense of happiness, um, you know, but on his journey through Majora's Mask, learned to accept that just because she's not there doesn't mean that he doesn't have that sense of happiness. He can, he can give that to himself, you know, along with the, in the journey that, you know, he goes forward with. So I think a huge thing I, I was thinking about today is like, you know, at the end of the game, Link does not find Navi. He just goes off. You know, you'd never know if he finds her again. And I think that would have been a huge disservice to the story being told if he had actually found her at the end of the game. I think it would have been Total, total, totally counterproductive to the idea that you you need someone else to be happy, and I think for the story of Majora's Mask, it's it it's one in which that kind of shows that you can bring about your own happiness. You can make as many friends as you want, um, but at the end of the day, they're not always going to be around, and that's okay. That's how it, it's going to be, and, and we have to learn to accept that and move forward. Um, uh, you know, it's not easy. It's and it'll be hard. It may, it may even feel, this is kind of funny, it may even feel like you're fighting against the force of the moon falling on you. <laughs> wink, wink. But, you know, but acceptance is possible. I mean, I think a lot of people have gone through this during the pandemic. Like, you know, it's hard. You lose so many things. And it's hard. It's, it, I'm not going to say it's easy. It's really hard. But you can find acceptance in your situation. It's not, it's not like I said, easy. But it is doable. You know, so for everyone right now going through the struggles that they're going through, they're all valid. They're, I'm sure they're all valid, but it's taking a step back and realizing, you know, what do I need to do to move forward? That's really important rather than kind of persevering on the thing that you're stuck on. So, you know, it's, it's, it's ironic because I just, you know, I think a lot of us find ourselves on the similar path that Link was on throughout this, this game. I think that's why it's such, it's such a story that is so connecting to everybody. It's a story of just like everything, you know, and, and what I love about it a lot too is that it's it's a ten year old going through it, right? And we can all identify with a ten year old because we've all been there before. We've all been ten at one point, and sometimes I still feel ten, you know. So I feel like I feel like I can still relate in some weird way, you know. When I feel so powerless and weak, I can look at this ten year old. I can look at Link, who's still fighting and pushing through, even though the idea of the moon falling on him is probably absolutely massive. In the same way that someone going through a struggle right now, or through a breakup, or through the loss of a loved one, or just the loss of anything, it could be like the force of a moon crashing on you, but you can't get through it. So, I want to make a joke, but I really don't want to right now, so I'm not going to. No, oh, was... you just got to call four giants and you're good. But no, it's not, <laughs> that's not funny. But in all seriousness, you know, like you can you yeah. can find acceptance. You just have to allow yourself to grieve, and grieving's okay. Yeah. So, 
and and what an incredible message to have in this like in this game that like from face value you wouldn't kind of you wouldn't necessarily see these things but because you've you've experienced mm. them and you really connect to this game you're able to kind of see this in a, through a different lens and make these connections and then reflect on how this has helped you and then and then use that to, to help others in a really really interesting way um yeah yeah thank you so much for for sharing yeah. all of these things and for talking about this game you love i mean i think it it is always wonderful to see somebody talk about something that they love and are excited about. And it can also be really hard to share about these things that are really difficult in our lives. And, and I appreciate you sharing them and feeling comfortable to talk about them and then connect it to this game you really love. Yeah. I, I this is such a cool idea. I love yeah. that. And something I'm just thinking about now too, is like, I really wonder if this is the idea behind the, the, the game, if the, if the makers really had this idea or if it's just something that kind of came about and people just kind of found that reason, you know, or if I, I, I myself found this reason or like whatever it is, there's probably like, there's no, there's nothing to show that the five stages of grief are even a thing in this game, you know, yeah. but it's just something that people have found and really connect with. I think it's such a, it's amazing what people can find in things that aren't necessarily designed to talk about what they're going through. You know, like it's just, it's a video game. But at the same yeah. time, you know, I think I think right now, especially video games, don't get the recognition they they deserve as a medium for storytelling. So I think yeah. it's really cool that you know, I don't know, it's just, it's just really cool how video games can really it's gonna sound lame, touch you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it really can, it really can yeah. um, send powerful messages in ways you didn't anticipate. And I I hope I really hope other people have felt this way too. You know, I I feel like they they probably have. But I just um, I would love to hear other people's stories, especially with Majora's Mask and and how it affected their lives in different ways, positive or negative. I'd be love to hear more. You yeah. Know? I'm sure. Yeah. There's, there's many stories to tell about many games. So. Yeah. And, and if you want to add, if you want to share about how this game is, is you feel or your connection to it, or, or if you didn't really feel any of these things and you're kind of not really sure, you know, let us know, send us an, an, mm-hmm. an email, tell us on the cartridge at gmail.com, all the Easter threes on Instagram, on Twitter, send us the DMS. Um, connect with us so you can tell us, you know, what your perspective is on these things. I mean, what's so incredible here is this is Eric's perspective on this game. And like you said, Eric, this may not be somebody else's. And I, I, I will also say, I don't think it matters if the if this was the point of the people who made this game. What matters is that that's the connection that you and other people have found. And that's mm-hmm. what's important, right? It, whatever the intention the storyteller had once they finish that story it's no longer theirs to have control right. over what people's experiences it's, it's 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 to us to experience it so really cool i think yeah and i think especially right now for a lot of people like there is a certain series uh that's really beloved right now from with a creator that's really <laughs> not liked right now yeah you know, without naming yeah. names and I, but i think ryan you made a really good point that like you know when the story is told and it goes out it doesn't belong to the creator anymore yeah. you know like financially it does which sucks yeah but like <laughs> you know for some but like but after that, it's, it, it belongs to everybody, you yeah. know? So, like, there's no shame in, in liking something, just even if it came from someone negative, you know? Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this, but, like, it's just, I think it's important to note that, like, if something if something really connects with you and you get a lot from a story or, or whatever it is, like, don't be afraid to, to hold on to that, regardless of who it came from, you know? Yeah. The most beautiful, thing, most beautiful things can come from the most worst of situations, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, this is good. <laughs> like, you put, you put cow manure on the ground to grow crops, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the analogy I can think. Of. I don't know. Whatever. You, you, <laughs> know what saying. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. What <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just I don't know. I'm very excited. And hope if anyone's, if my story is connected with anybody, and and you kind of get that same sense, or you're going through it right now, I would love to know that. I would make you really happy to hear that. Yeah. So, or if you've gone through similar things, or had the same rationale like I did, 
you know, I would I would love to hear that story. That would be really, really cool. So please, if you have if you have a, any kind of similar experiences, let us know. I would love to. I think we would love to read that. Yeah, we sure would. Yeah. Ah. Uh, oh. This is awesome. I can't wait to do more, Ryan. Such yeah, me either. Such yeah, I, 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 and, and one of the things, and we probably shouldn't ramble on for too long, but one of the things I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm now most excited after after having you talk about this experience is how formative some of these games are to the games that we play now and the games we're excited about now and the games we're interested in now. There are games that are in the world that a lot of people really love that I find myself wondering, like, why don't I connect with these things? And I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is, like, because of the things that were formative to when we started playing games or why we play games. Everyone plays games for different reasons so that, that and what they're looking for. So um, yeah. it, I'm really excited to, to see that in other people and make those connections and to maybe have other people see these connections too in, in a cool way. Ah, so cool. I'm very excited for the future of this. Yeah. Such a yeah. good idea. But well, hope you like hope you everyone liked this um and you enjoyed it and got something from it. But um next week we'll hopefully be a regular episode. Yeah. And we'll get that hopefully out soon. And um in the meantime, we hope everyone's doing well, staying safe, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.